Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. How does the Bible fit together? It has a lot of books. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. If we are guided by the foundation, we can see the Father's consistent message. It extends through the Bible and even to other sources. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible, and the Bible is all about Yeshua the Messiah. You can email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com, find us at our website, www.redpiltorah.com, follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our friends in Australia and Arkansas. Listen out for Red Pill Tour on a radio station near you. Red Pill Tour is an outreach of B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. Find us at BEMMA.org. We've been studying and talking about the Torah for some years now. In one of our Erev Shabbat meetings with B'nai Ephraim, we all talked about our framework for understanding the Word of Elohim. We all could relate to that framework very easily, so Tim and I thought we would discuss it on today's podcast. There are many believers in the Elohim of Israel, and many ways that believers understand His Word. That's true, Mama. For example, some believers only embrace what is called the Old Testament, discounting much or all of the New Testament. Others emphasize the messages of the New Testament, believing that it documents a wholesale change in the word of Elohim. There are other ancient writings that some people esteem as foundational. Those might include books in the Apocrypha, like Jasher, Enoch, or Jubilees, to name a few. Some live by the Talmud and the Mishnah and other writings of Jewish rabbis and sages. We could add historical documentation and records into the mix, like the works of Josephus and ancient writings from other cultures about their history's experiences. Some of that history may be captured in oral traditions as well. With the development of the internet, database search tools, and other technologies, information that used to be available to only a few is now readily accessible to anyone with a good internet connection. We believe this was spoken of in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. This verse tells us that knowledge will be increased in the last days. We have certainly seen that come to pass. We sure have, Daddy. The revelation given to Daniel, for example, was so accurate, some scholars think it was written after the events unfolded in Daniel's prophecy. Of course, we don't accept that. That's right. From the word of Elohim, we know that he and only he can tell the end from the beginning. That brings us back to our topic our framework for understanding the Word of Elohim. Let's start at the foundation, using the analogy of a building. At the beginning of our more recent podcasts, we've started saying, understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. Now that's because we relate to the Torah as the first floor in our framework. We also esteem the words spoken by Yeshua as equally foundational in understanding the word of Elohim. In the Torah, we find Yehovah himself declaring his laws, his rulings, his judgments, and his instructions. The words he spoke are written down and ascribed to him. If our Creator said it, 
No human is qualified or able to refute or change it. But so often, it seems like many teachers have done just that. The words of Yeshua, by Yeshua's description, are the words of the Father himself. In John chapter 12, verse 49 through 50, Yeshua said, For I have not spoken on my own initiative, but the Father who sent me has given me a commandment, namely, what to say and how to say it. And I know that his command is eternal life. So what I say is simply what the Father has told me to say. In the Torah, we learn about the flood that covered the entire planet. We also learn about Noah and his family and what the world was like in his time. We also see that Yeshua mentioned Noah in Luke 17 verses 26 and 27. Yeshua said that the time of his return would be like the days of Noah with people doing their usual activities, unaware until judgment came. If we had not read about Noah in the Torah, how could we understand the context of Yeshua's warning about the time of his return? Mm -hmm. There again, our Elohim tells the end from the beginning. That's why we must be grounded in the first floor of Elohim's word, the Torah, and the spoken words of Yeshua. Without that as context, we're likely to adopt false doctrines. With a good understanding of the first floor, we can go upstairs to the second floor. For us, the second floor is the prophets and the writings. That includes the rest of what is known as the Old Testament. There, we read about the history of Israel, warnings given to Israel about straying from Jehovah's instructions, and wise sayings inspired by the Almighty. Based on knowledge of the Torah, we have context for the warnings given to Israel. We know why the prophets warned of impending judgment, why judgment came, and why Israel was later forgiven for their sin. That's right, Mama. Now, if we didn't know the original instructions of the Most High, we might fill in our own judgment and explanations for Israel's defeats and captivity. We might even conclude that Jehovah is vengeful and unkind, which is directly opposed to his character. That's right. Our Elohim is merciful, mm -hmm. willing to forgive, even if we experience judgment for abandoning his instructions. Imagine a Bible-based philosophy that sees our Father in Heaven as unforgiving. That's just crazy talk, Mama. Sure is, Daddy. Isaiah 54 is a scripture from the prophets and the writings, the second floor as we call it. This chapter describes Jehovah's forgiveness for Israel, despite the fact that we did not deserve him. Noah is mentioned in verse 9. In Isaiah 54, 9 through 10, the Almighty says, For me, this is like Noah's flood, just as I had sworn that no flood like Noah's would ever again cover the earth. So now I swear that never again will I be angry with you or rebuke you. For the mountains may leave and the hills be removed, but my grace will never leave you, and my covenant of peace will not be removed, says Jehovah, who has compassion on you. Our understanding of what Elohim said in Isaiah 54 is grounded in our understanding of the Torah's account of the flood. Now, in the Torah, the first floor, as we call it, we learn that the flood happened because Elohim's creation had corrupted its ways, filling the earth with wickedness and violence. After the flood, Elohim gave a covenant to never again destroy the earth with a flood. Knowing that Elohim's covenants are eternal 
and unbreakable, we can conclude that Elohim will never completely abandon Israel. The door remains open, even if we sin. We can come back to him because of the mercy written about in Isaiah 54. Miss, is it time to go upstairs yet? I think so, Daddy. The third floor is the Brit Chadashah, also known as the New Testament. In it, we find written accounts of Yeshua's life on earth, the Acts of the Apostles, letters from the Apostle Paul and other leaders in the faith. The messages in the Brit Chadashah are based on what was revealed in the prophets and the writings, which are based on the Torah and the spoken words of Yeshua. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5, a verse from the Brit Hadashah, gives us more insight into the life of Noah. It describes Noah as a preacher of righteousness. From that one verse, we glean that Noah didn't just get into the ark and not tell anybody in his time what was coming. He is called a preacher of righteousness, so we know he told people to repent and follow the instructions given by the Creator. By the way, that is the same job every prophet in the Bible had. Warn the people and turn them to righteousness, the instructions of Yehovah. Knowing that Noah was a preacher of righteousness and the time of Yeshua's return will be like the days of Noah, we know that we have some work to do. Many people may not want to hear our message, just as many ignored Noah. Still, our father wants his house full, so we keep going. Mm -hmm. Moving up to the fourth floor, we have a collection of information sources. They include some of the apocryphal books and writings, historical records, and even scientific journals. We don't look to these records as the foundation of our faith. To the extent that they line up with the lower floors, they can provide excellent information to deepen our understanding of what Jehovah has done and is saying. The ministry of B'nai Ephraim shared an interesting example a few weeks ago. Around the time we were reading about Noah in the Torah, an article was published about a startling scientific discovery. Scientists had recently identified a strange type of rock deep inside the earth. This type of rock acts like a sponge, absorbing and holding water. According to the scientists, this layer of rock holds more than three times the amount of water contained in the earth's oceans. In Genesis chapter 7, verse 11, the Torah records that the fountains of the deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. In other words, the waters of the great flood came from torrential rains and from these rock formations that scientists recently discovered. As it turns out, the biblical account of the flood is more accurate than we knew. Mama, I especially caught that when the scripture referred to the fountains being broken up. That sounds like what must have happened to those special rocks. They were broken to release their water in the great flood. Some people have been led to a relationship with the Most High through scientific study, or through archaeology, or through studying historical writings. Any truth in these sources will ultimately lead to the Creator. To find Him and relate to Him in the way He has prescribed, one must go all the way to the first floor, the Torah and the spoken words of Yeshua. That's where we get the context. Any doctrines that don't align with the first floor are simply going the wrong way. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill 
and assume the writings of Paul were foundational for the faith once delivered to the saints? Or would you take the red pill and go downstairs to the prophets, the writings, and the Torah and get the right context for Paul's writings? Only you can answer that question. Just be careful about doctrines that suggest Paul erased the spoken words of the Creator and his anointed Messiah. That's some other building. You would be at the wrong address. Some take refuge in a building based on what they call science. True science will lead you to the Creator and his word. Come in at the first floor and get to know the foundation first. Then go upstairs and look around. There are many rooms in this framework and they all lead to the Elohim of Israel. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth. And for those interested, Giving Tuesday is coming up. If you would like to support Red Pill Tour on this or any day, please check us out at givelify.com. That's G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y.com. Type in B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. Choose an amount and then select Red Pill Torah. Your donations will help us continue to deliver the Most High's Red Pills. Well, Shalom. Shavuot Tov.